Welcome back to Can We Talk About It? Real Talk with CFS. Well, it's been a while, guys, and we had a little bit of a break, unintended. Um, we had a little bit of a website issue, and with that, we had to pause on our podcast. So we're back, and today's episode is going to be just me talking about what have you missed out on since you last heard from us. Um, lots have happened in the past couple of months. A lot of exciting things have been happening over at Child and Family. Um, you know, starting with our relationship with Fall River Police Department, which I'll talk about a little bit with you guys. Um, in addition to that, what we've been doing in Plymouth and how that's been growing and what's been happening in New Bedford recently. So since we last talked, we have started really working with a lot of police departments and building our relationships with them. And because of all the relationship building we've been doing, we've been able to um, collaborate with Fall River Police Department. We officially started our first co-response program with them about two plus weeks ago. Um, what does that mean? It means that we have a clinician in a cruiser with an officer responding to mental health calls in the greater Fall River area. And since we started that about two and a half weeks ago, it has gone really, really well. It's been embraced by the police department. The officers have spoken highly of it. The chief is very happy with it. Um, more importantly, our patients are getting what they deserve. So when these officers are going out on calls, our clinician is available to meet with the person and really give them, um, you know, the, the assistance that they need when it comes to mental health and substance abuse without them feeling judged. Um, not to say that they were feeling judged before, but when you have a clinician on site, it just makes a big difference. We also have collaborated with Fall River Police about utilizing the crisis center instead of the emergency room. So I want to go back to the CBHC as a whole. So the Community Behavioral Health Center was designed so that folks that were suffering from mental health or substance abuse did not go to the emergency room and utilize the crisis center, utilize the CBHCs. And so January 3rd of last year, so we've been a little over a year now, um, we really kicked off this, how do we market to get individuals to not go to the emergency room and utilize the crisis centers? And one of the biggest pieces is the police department. Because a lot of times folks are calling the police departments and they're being transported to the hospital. So it's working on educating the police departments about what it is that we do and why use us and not the emergency room. So there's been a lot of marketing around that. There's been a lot of roll calls that I've been doing. There's been a lot of reaching out to police chiefs and really trying to sell what we do to them, to let, for them to understand that we know what we're doing and we want them to trust us, um, that we know how to make decisions and how to keep individuals safe. But I think in order for that to really be embraced by the police departments, it's them doing it and seeing it and realizing, okay, we're not, they're not just telling us they can do this. We actually can see the impact of it. So when we started our relationship with Fall River Police Department, not even a month ago, one of the things that came about was talking about utilizing the crisis center in Fall River instead of going to the hospitals that they have out there. And within two weeks of us being live there, we've had 19 police drop-offs at our crisis center in Fall River. So that might not sound like a lot, but it actually is. 
it is, if you think about it, it's at least one to two patients a day that is being dropped off at the crisis center instead of the emergency room. So let's talk about the emergency room. So if you're an individual suffering from mental health, you go to the emergency room, you're there for several hours, um, no fault of the hospital, they're busy. By the time you're cleared, you know, it might be six, seven, eight hours later. And then you have an evaluation to determine if you're meeting level of care, if you're safe to be discharged. So let's add another hour to two hours to that. So now you've been at the hospital close to 10 hours. So let's reverse that. So you get picked up by the police, you're suffering from mental health or substance abuse, but instead they're gonna drop you off at the crisis center. As Soon as you get dropped off at the crisis center, you're greeted by a clinician and you're brought into an area that um, is a comfortable area, could be the waiting room, it could be an assessment room, and you get met by a clinician within, I would say probably less than a half an hour um, from the time you arrive in the office. and. So let's, so half hour, you get an assessment. Let's say that takes about an hour, an hour and a half, depending what's going on with you. And then a decision is made of what the next steps are. So now we're talking about two hours. So within two hours, we've been able to see you, talk to you about the next steps. And nine times out of 10, you're discharged with services. But say you're that individual that comes to the crisis center and you're really suffering from mental health and you're not safe and you can't go back home because you're a risk to yourself and others. Normally, we would send you to the hospital. However, we have changed that model. So the state said to the crisis teams, we're going to let you do direct admits to the inpatient psychiatric world. And so what that means is if you're that same individual that comes in, you're evaluated and you're deemed a risk to yourself and others. What does a risk to yourself and others mean? Let's just say you're somebody who's having suicidal thoughts and you actually have an, uh, a plan and you have an intent meaning that you have intention of actually completing this plan. And nothing we say or do can change your mind. So that would be somebody who's a risk to themselves. So you're deemed a risk to yourself. Well, if you're cooperative, meaning that if you're not aggressive, if you're not needing medical treatment, you're not going to leave the crisis center. We're actually going to look for a psychiatric bed for you while you're there with us. So we have the ability to have you stay with us for up to 23 hours. And the average time for us to find an inpatient bed from the crisis center to the inpatient world is anywhere from two to six hours. So majority of the time, by the time we know you need inpatient, assessment's typed up, it's sent over to the, to the inpatient facility, and they give us a time when they can accept you. So let's go back to the emergency room where I say it could be anywhere from six, eight, 10 hours before any of this is accomplished. Well, six, eight, 10 hours is by the time you're medically cleared, psychiatrically evaluated, and a decision was made, and then a bed search starts there. Well, we're way ahead of this because two hours into you coming into our site, we've already started the bed search. So within two to six hours, there's a good chance you're already gonna be at the facility um, that we found for you. And that's what the community behavioral health centers are for, right? They're specifically designed to assist individuals who are struggling with substance abuse and mental health and eliminating all the other things that happen around you in an emergency room, right? The folks that are coming in with maybe a broken foot, somebody who had a heart attack. So now you're coming into a site that you are the priority. Um, that's our main focus. Our main focus to, to, is to meet with individuals who are struggling and be able to give you the care and um, respect that you deserve and need in a very safe environment. So let's talk about 
you're the same patient who is assessed, but you don't need inpatient and you just need to outpatient services. So normally in the past, you might have received like a list of places that might be accepting patients. Well, we're not going to do that. We're actually going to get you set up with services. And that could mean that we send you over to our open access. Um, and we have three different sites for our open access, Fall River, New Bedford, and Plymouth. And you're meet, met by a care navigator who will meet with you, talk about what the next steps are. Or maybe you need a partial hospitalization, right? We're going to make that referral for you. We're going to get the intake date. And most of the time, we're going to continue to see you until your appointment with the intake for the partial. Or you actually need something a little bit higher than that, but you're not um, meeting inpatient level of care. So we have two voluntary units through Child and Family, which we've talked about in the past. Um, Remember, again, today's episode is let's let's recap, right? So I want to recap and talk about these two units. We have an adult unit, which we service anyone from 18 up. And we have nine beds. Eventually, we will go to 12. And then we have a a child unit, which is um, up to the age of 18. Um, I always say the age to start in the unit is as long as you're independent and able to do all your ADLs, we'll take you um, up to the age of 18. And that unit right now is nine patients. Eventually, we we are licensed for 12. And that is what we call our youth crisis stabilization unit. What's the difference between those units and an inpatient unit is that it's voluntary, meaning that um, so the adult that's coming in, it knows they're coming in and it's their choice to be there. Um, They're signing themselves in. It's a five-day length of stay. Sometimes people need a little bit longer, so we might have to extend it for them. And then for the kids unit, I always, this is my thing. It's not voluntary for the kids, but it is for their guardians. So the guardians have a say in them getting admitted onto the unit. And what does it look like if you go onto the unit? Well, you have clinicians there every single day, seven days a week. You have groups throughout the day. We have mental health staff on unit at all times. We have nursing on unit. We have a nurse manager. We have psychiatric uh, team, which could be a psychiatrist. It could be a psych NP. You get rounded on every day in our adult unit. In our kids unit, you get rounded on usually about six out of seven days. Um, And that means that you're meeting with a provider to talk about like how you're feeling if you started a new medication. Are you adjusting well to that medication? If you're not, what changes need to be made? While the changes are being made, you're being observed by nursing and making sure that there's no side effects that are happening. And if there is, that they're calling the provider right away to let them know. So that's the world of crisis, right? Being able to meet with somebody and make a decision of what the next steps are and having the ability to have these voluntary units. So this is the individual that's walking in right through the police department that I just did this whole entire walkthrough for you. But not everybody, I would say 90% of the folks that are coming to us are not coming through us through the police department. They're coming through us either through referrals of outpatient providers that they're currently seeing through schools. And a lot of times it's just self-referrals. They're walking in on their own. They're calling us. Um, when I say referrals, that it, it does not mean anything except for the fact that meaning referral that you've been referred to us. It's not that you have to have a referral to come us because you're you don't. Um, we service folks by walking in by phone calls. Um, we're twenty four seven, so we answer the phone twenty four seven. So if you're somebody that wakes up in the middle of the night or you're not able to sleep and you're struggling and you know you're starting to have some really you know 
thoughts uh, that are not healthy thoughts. Pick up the phone and call us in the middle of the night. You're going to talk to a clinician who's going to guide you, support you, and talk about what next steps. Maybe you need to be evaluated. Um, you don't need to leave your home. We can come to you. If you're not comfortable with us coming to you, you can come to us. If you prefer for us to do it virtually, we'll zoom into you virtually. We'll do whatever it is that's going to benefit you and keep you as comfortable as possible. So one of the cool things that just came about is the stats came out in regards to when the CBHCs kicked off and the percentage of cases going to the hospital prior to the CBHCs and after. So since the CBHCs have been in existence, the amount of patients going to the emergency rooms has dropped by 32%. So that's a huge number. That means that people are starting to know about these community behavioral health centers and saying, I'd rather go there than an emergency room and be able to um, be met with somebody pretty quickly and have a you know a discussion in regards to what's happening in an environment that's a little bit quieter. Um, you're not hearing the telemetry monitors going off. You're not hearing um, you know, the 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 wheelchairs and the stretchers and the bumpings and all the noises that happen in emergency rooms because you're going to be in an environment that's a lot quieter um, or very sensitive to people's needs and making sure that we support them while they're here. So that's why we try to advocate for folks like we, if you are somebody that ends up needing to go to the emergency room, we'll get you there. But let's give us an opportunity first to meet you and see what we can do to support you in the community. And if you do require the emergency room, we're going to work on that. We're going to do the whole transport to get you there. Just like if we find you an inpatient psychiatric bed, we're going to get you transported right to the facility. Um, so, And the other piece that I didn't mention is, you know, say you are somebody that wants to be seen on site and you don't have transportation. That's okay. Call us. We'll lift you to our site. We'll cab you here at no cost to you. Um, we are insurance blind, which means that we see all insurances and we bill for all insurances. And if you are uninsured, you don't even have to worry about it because we see individuals that are not insured all the time and you do not get a bill. If you need to go to one of our units and you don't have insurance, that's okay too, because we can take you onto the unit without insurance. So there's a lot of things happening, right? There's a lot of things happening with the police department. There's a lot of things happening within the, the crisis center. A lot of collaborations happening. Our Plymouth Police Department, we just hired somebody for weekends there. So we're going to have seven-day coverage in Plymouth for our police call response, which is so exciting. Um, and then I do believe at some point we'll probably have similar in Fall River because our volume is pretty high there. And in New Bedford, we've been in existence for a long time with the police department. Um, we don't have that seven-day-a-week coverage there, but we have mobile crisis seven-day-a-week that can cover all areas in New Bedford when needed by the police department. So, yeah, that's what's happening here, people. There's a lot going on and a lot of exciting things. We have been in the building we're in, and in March will be actually St. Patrick's Day will be a year that we've been in the site. Um, we're trying to think of how to celebrate that one year anniversary. The site is beautiful. Our patients love it. And we want to make it um, continue to be an environment that people want to come to and feel comfortable in um, by embracing and making sure that our site is clean. Our, you know, If there's holes in the walls that we're going to fix it right away, we don't want you walking into something and saying, I feel institutionalized. We're trying to take all of that away. 
Um, so lots and lots of things happening. Um, another thing that's happening, it actually has nothing to do with the co-response program, but on March 24th, we will be having our Bolathon, um, and it is to support Caring Network, which is one of our, the other programs through Child and Family. And um, so if you're interested in it, check out our website at Child and Family Services, and the link will be there if you want to sign up for it, if you want to donate towards it. Um, that's another thing, too, that I definitely want to give a pitch in for. Um, yeah, so that's it, guys. It's been a while. Our next um, podcast, we are going to actually talk about Caring Network um, and talk about other programs that Child and Family has that sometimes you don't hear about. And that's all for now. And I hope you guys all have a great day and a great weekend and see you next time. <music>